Hello and welcome to Marysville Church of Christ podcast. This is Heritage, and my name is Bishop. I'll be your host today. Today we find ourselves on the shores of Galilee, a small fishing village with tremendous theological significance, but very little historical. In fact, this was a very poor little town. There were many towns like it. There was nothing astounding about it. It was primarily dominated by, you know, fishermen, carpenters, people that the rest of society needed but often didn't value. This place would have been one of the poorest areas in Judea. But Galilee was home to an interesting family, a very interesting family, a family that had twins. This family would have been a family of architects and masons, responsible for building many of the structures around Galilee, the homes and the shops. And not only that, but they were known for being quite talented, often traveling through many other regions in order to build and craft beautiful homes, houses, and structures. This family and their two twin sons would have been, despite being very respected, looked at with a lot of fear. Because to have twins in this region would have been considered superstitious and often um, dangerous. These kids growing up, these twins, would have had a hard go at it. Not only were they poor, coming from a poor area and a poor region, but they had the entire town constantly looking at them as if they were evil, less than, or unworthy. In preparation for this podcast, I reached out to a friend of mine who serves as a psychologist, and we discussed how this would have affected the upbringing of this, these two kids. The insights I thought were very fascinating, and I'll share them with you in just a moment. But stepping back in time, we need to understand that to be an outcast, to be different in any way, was not just to be looked at in disgust, but more to be looked at in fear. The psychological damage of growing up in this kind of environment would have compounded with just the normal struggles that many people who find themselves twins um, that find themselves struggling with. The ideas of individuality, independence, and identity. These twins would have had to have already been wrestling with what makes them unique and special, especially when someone shares their physical attributes. But more than that, now they had to find their identity and their worth and their value and independence in a culture and society that constantly devalued them. This is a massive psychological mountain to try to climb. And it would have left both of these twins with crippling scars and emotional damage that they'd have to bear with them the rest of their life. At a young age, though, one of the twins decided to forge his own path. Being a teenager, one of the two, his name was Thomas, decided to leave his home and follow a radical teacher named Jesus. Now, Thomas was known for a lot of things. He was fiery, and he was often short-sighted. But when we think of Thomas today, we usually think of him as doubting Thomas, which I think is an unfair representation of who he is. If we had to give him a negative title, I think it would rather be insecure because he had an upbringing of insecurities. 
Thomas, his entire time, is just trying to find his identity, his purpose. And we see glimpses of that throughout the story. In John chapter 11, Jesus decides to return to Judea, knowing very well that there are people there who look to kill him. And all the other apostles and all the followers are questioning and nervous and concerned, except for Thomas, who says that he would die with Jesus and go there with him. The reason that Thomas had such a connection with Jesus is because Jesus chose Thomas specifically. Gave him value and purpose, identity and reason. The mountain of, um, of, of obstacles that were before him began to melt away in the presence of someone who valued him for him. Thomas, the man, the individual. And the purpose that he was given because of it. He was willing to cast it all on Jesus, though the one person who gave him something to hold to. Time and again, we actually see that. Later in John, chapter 14, Jesus is talking about how he's leaving. And it is Thomas who emphatically begs him, show us the way so we don't ever have to be away from you. Show us the way so we can follow you. All Thomas ever wanted was to be with Jesus, the man who gave him purpose, the man who gave him reason, the man who crafted his identity and his independence. But when Jesus died, when Jesus died, Thomas would have undergone a psychological break. The dependence that he had on Jesus for his purpose and his meaning was gone. And all he was left with was his emotional baggage, growing up insecure and afraid, and now a loss of purpose. It is for that reason that Thomas uttered those lines, unless I touch of his hands and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. This was not Thomas the doubter. This was not Thomas um, not believing in the power of Jesus. It is the emotionally scarred and distant Thomas who's afraid to open up and find vulnerability only to be rejected yet again and to find the man that gave him purpose ripped from him yet again. In fact, as soon as Jesus appears and he touches Thomas's side, or Jesus' side, Thomas offers that beautiful profession, my Lord and my God. What is, to date, the most beautiful and profound proclamation of Jesus, simultaneously as Savior and God. But Thomas's story actually doesn't stop there. He lives a full and fascinating life. Very quickly, I want to talk through about what we learn from the early church fathers about him. See, Thomas, Thomas was always someone who was insecure. He never truly trusted it as in his abilities. And so when the apostles began to decide where they're going to go, dividing up the world, the region of India fell to Thomas. But Thomas, much like Jonah in era gone by, decided that he really didn't want to do that. He began to tell himself that, you know, he's never been very healthy, he wasn't very athletic, and he didn't know if he could survive the journey. And even if he survived it, he didn't feel like he was educated enough to teach people about Jesus. And let alone that, but he began to convince himself that he was just a mere Hebrew. How could he ever relate to the Indians? And how could he ever preach a gospel to them? The story goes that he was so resistant 
to going, so insecure, not believing that he could ever accomplish anything, that Christ had to come to him many times through several visions, and yet still he rejected his calling to India. It wasn't, in fact, until Christ appeared to a merchant from India that things began to change. The story goes that a merchant came and bought Thomas as a slave and then sold Thomas to a master, a master who happened to be a king in India. And that this king then hired Thomas to build a beautiful palace. And along the way, the pro- the, as the palace was being built, Thomas would talk to the other workers about his life and his story. And ultimately, he used that opportunity to change the life of the king. Thomas, this architect, actually probably never finished his palace, as the story goes. Instead, he promised the king that he could not only build a kingdom that would stand the time uh, on earth, but a, a kingdom that would stand in eternity. And he used this opportunity given to him to convert not only the king, but many of his followers. Planting seeds all across India and through much of that region of the world. In fact, today he is considered the apostle of India. And it's amazing. The conversions of people that St. Thomas converted thousands of years ago still exist today. Families of Christians that never abandoned their faith for thousands of years and through persecutions because of him and an unfinished palace in the middle of India. The architect who, well, never believed in himself was the architect for the church in India. And though he never could quite build a palace that would last forever, he did help a kingdom that will. Thomas changed the story of Christianity. A story that's ever being written, never changing. A story that you and I are on today. As we look back, we find the threads of our heritage tied to an architect from Galilee through a man of insecurity and a twin, a friend and brother of Jesus Christ himself.